This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Carly Finlay, welcome to Better Reading. Hi. Hi. <laughs> You're right there. I'm right. I'm good. You're good? Okay. Sorry, that was a bit of an are we on moment. Yeah, we are on. We are on. Yeah. Born and raised in Albury, Carly is an award-winning writer, speaker and appearance activist. I don't really know what that means, but you can tell me that later. Okay. She writes on disability and appearance diversity issues for publications including ABC, Daily Life and SBS. She's also appeared on ABC's You Can't Ask That and various ABC radio programs, and in 2014 was named one of Australia's most influential women in the Australian Fin Review and Westpac's 100 Women of Influence Awards. In 2018, Carly organised a history-making access to fashion show, a Melbourne Fashion Week event featuring disabled models, and in January this year, she released her best-selling memoir, Say Hello, a forthright, honest and rousingly triumphant book from a woman who lives with a highly visible difference different appearance due to her rare skin condition. And I'm not going to say that. How do you pronounce that? Ichthyosis. 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 Okay. Can you describe to our listeners what that is? Yeah, it's a rare skin condition. Um, there's not many of us around the world with the condition. Um, I don't know the statistics, but, you know, I'd say it's kind of a one in a million Wow. situation. So um, you're special. Special, <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, it, it just affects my skin um, in its appearance and its feeling. So it gets really red, itchy, scaly, um, really sore at times. Um, it's very prone to infection, but more so it's the social difficulties that I encounter with living with a visibly different appearance. Now, is it all over your body? Because I can see you. it's not on your hands, it is, is it? it is oh, it is. It's, it's all over your body. It's than my Right, my, um, and is it if if the skin is more tender or thinner? Is that? Um, I think it's the. I think it relates. The face relates to it being exposed to the elements because I'm covered up so much. It's not as red, but my face is very rarely sore. So it's it's often my legs that are much sore than my face. I don't know why. What is sore? It's a mis- the skin. Yeah, right. It's a mystery. Right. Okay. All right. So tell me about how it all came about. So you're born with it. Mm-hmm. And how do they diagnose that as a baby? Um. Uh, I don't know, but I really want to talk about my book. Though. Yeah, yeah, we'll okay? get there. We'll get there. We'll um, get there. Tell yeah. us a little bit about where you came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I got diagnosed straight away as a baby and um, I've had it all my life, but um, I just got used to it. Yeah, you grow up with it, don't got you? on with it. But yeah, I mean it is really sore and, and um, I can't I, I can't really explain pain. There's a whole I think there's a whole chapter in my book on pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just um, 
just I don't know any other. So yeah. yeah. So what have you? So you've got it's quite a varied career. Now I know you've written yeah. a book and we'll get there, but mm-hmm. you've been an advocate for a long time. Tell me what yeah. that. When did that all start? Yeah. Um, because so there's a lot of people, uh, disabled people, who choose not to talk about exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they keep it very separate. Um, so I've been writing for a very long time and I didn't and, and and in my book I said I didn't always identify as disabled it was sort of when I met other people that I then realized we share very similar situations like with social barriers um and like hospital appointments and school like time off school and time off work and that's when I identified as dis- being disabled so and how old were you um, then probably roughly? like my mid-20s so maybe 10 yeah 10 12 years ago um and then um I've been writing for a very long time and no, and not always about my condition. It was just about lots of different yeah. stuff. And one day I just chose to write about it when my face when my face was sore actually. And like I said, my face doesn't get very sore often. And so um, it got really sore one day and I'd written a post called When My Face Is This Sore, I Don't Want to Look in the Mirror. Yep. And that really resonated with people. And I didn't want to share how sore it was. Like I didn't want to share a photo of me feeling my most vulnerable because I don't usually – I usually put my best face forward on well, the internet. Well, don't we all? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that, that was due to the, the fear of photo misuse. Um, so – and like what, what people might do with my photo or what they might say or how people – you know, how it will be tra- like spread – yeah, across the internet, and so that that was in 2010 when I did that on my blog, and and I'd started that blog in 2009, but I had been blogging a long time before that, and so I chose to talk about it, and the response was really amazing, and I thought I might write a bit more, and then I you know slowly wrote. More so and when more. you finished school, what did mm-hmm. you think you wanted to be? Um, well, I, before I finished school, I wanted to be a journalist, but in Aubrey, still in Aubrey, there at the time there wasn't any um, journalism courses, so and and that's remains to the day. So I, mum and dad wouldn't let me move away at the at, um, at the time because it was very expensive, and they were also worried about my health because at the yeah. time I was having sort of um, yearly hospital admissions, so um, they were worried that I would be in hospital too much or, you know, and, and yeah. also having to live a, a, alone and pay for everything when I was so young, you know, yeah, as yeah. an 18-year-old. So I was encouraged by my parents to do a very boring course. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I did a business degree, e- Bachelor of E-commerce, and it was all right. I got, like, it was great to make friends and that, but, you know, I hated hated the content you know yeah. as I wrote in my book I thought yeah. in economics we were making models um <laughs> like not supply and demand models but diorama models that yes. that was my vision for the yeah. economics course maybe you should have been studying architecture <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so um yeah I did that and then and then I moved on to a government course a government um job after that um, oh you did so you had a career you've you've yeah. had you know I mean mm-hmm. like all I of us we've done so for 15 much years yeah you're joking mm-hmm. 15 years <laughs> yeah yeah right. you don't look that old um <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that and then I was doing the side hustle for a long time, you know, yeah. like writing and speaking on the side. Yeah. Well, and that's it. That's how. That's why I wanted to get to that point mm. because a lot of people um, often, because you know, largely um, this is a, a podcast about people listening to stories and mm. how you came to write this story. Yeah. But a lot of it, um, people tell me it's valuable if they're writers. You know, yeah. a lot of writers listen to it. I think yeah, you I might do. have said that yeah, one time I love it. too. That's why I listen to it. I, I've been listening to a lot of writing podcasts. When yeah, yeah, and so that's yeah. why I like to get onto the writer's journey because yeah. it's not like people left school, started writing, and then just became a writer. Is no, it? no. You, most people have done a varied kind of yeah. job. Or and while I was at the government, I studied a master of communication. Yeah. And so um, I did a few journalism subjects, maybe five journalism subjects, and 
a lot of new media subjects as well at the time because I did. It, it took a long time to do my degree because I was working full time. Yeah. And I just did like one one or two subjects a semester, so it took maybe yeah. six years. So at that time. Facebook was didn't even exist and so um, I was doing this new media course so that really helped me like alongside the marketing stuff that I'd learned with my but even the business stuff too yeah Yeah. and so that was really great so I've always been interested in blogging and social media and um, studying it was great I've never worked in a newsroom but the um, journalism stuff has really helped me as a columnist so yeah yeah I was um, and you might have read this same article I was reading an article and I can't remember where now Mm because I get a lot of my news feeds um, through Facebook yeah But I was reading an article about how social media has really given a voice to disabled people. Yeah, absolutely. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. When I first started um, writing... I, I didn't know many people, you know, disabled people or chronically ill people, but but they can't. You, they come because you write, you put your story out there, and and there's a whole, you know, there's a whole community, and it's really wonderful, yeah, um, to see. And and I think through telling one story, it encourages people to tell their own story. And the amount of people I've had since, you know, in the two weeks since the book's been out, um, have, that have said I'm more um, confident to tell my story, or you've helped me to articulate what I was thinking. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, definitely, there's a huge But that's that I think is amazing because a lot of us, um, and because there are so many articles on why social media is bad for us, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) and we talk about that. And sometimes, I mean, you know, I'm even scathing. Sometimes I look at people's Instagram feeds and I see, you know, all this body beautiful and everyone in a bikini or everyone doing a selfie or whatever. And it irks me entirely. And I wonder what is going to happen to that generation if Mm -hmm. everything's based on appearance. Mm -hmm. But when I read that article, I thought we often don't look at the positive side of social media yeah and for so many people um me sometimes included we can't get out of the house or um, are unable to work or unable to um you know not not really be accepted in mainstream media and society and having our own platform to tell our story like that that's how I got found like through blogging and people found my story and asked me to write for them yeah and and mums with babies tell me that as well but that's you know like those endless hours at home yeah Yeah, it is so lifeline I think with like for me with Instagram I don't I, I don't see my use and the disability community's use as a vanity project. I see it as no, a um, as yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's represent representation. So if I'm confident enough to put a selfie up, then I hope it makes other people confident and yeah. they don't have to put a filter over their face because I, I don't. Uh, interestingly, I got called a fraud on Goodreads this week. Yeah. Do you know what I am finding? People are signing up just to leave bad reviews. It's hideous. But um, someone bad said, side of social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone signed up to Goodreads the other day to leave a, a comment on my um, on my book to say that I'm a fraud because my face is less red on um, the book cover than I am in person. And I oh. was very strict with HarperCollins and I said, you know, I, I don't want things airbrushed. I, yeah. I want to appear in a certain way. I hadn't way. noticed that. I'm just no. looking at the cover now. But, um, thinking, yeah, but I, I mean, my, my face looks, looks good and, and I wanted it to look good. I wanted it yeah. to look approachable. But on certain days if it's hot or if I'm sore or if I'm tired or whatever factor, if the lighting's good or bad, my face is going to appear different. So then they called me a fraud. And I think I that's, that's bull, that. bullshit in mm. so many respects and I don't know if I've ever used the word bullshit on my podcast but here goes yeah thank you for giving me permission Carly but that 
everybody wants to look their best yeah. all of the time. Absolutely. And everyone is entitled to look their mm-hmm. best all mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. So that's just rubbish. Yeah, um, I, I responded and I said, hey, thanks for the sale. Thanks for reading my book. <laughs> I don't even think they did read my book, to be honest. No. But, um, you know, I, I said, as I've said in the book, my, the redness depends on a number of factors. And, um, and also, too, and you want to go out, you, you want to doll yourself up. Yeah, if I, you're getting your photo taken, you want to exactly. doll yourself up. And I'm not up. wearing makeup there. Yeah. But, I, um, you know, I don't have to justify. No. And, and it's accusing, it's, it's that idea that people are faking disability yeah. and faking confidence. Yeah, or, which is crap. Um, yeah. I just <laughs> want to tell you, this is a really, a cute story Mm -hmm. Um, and um, I thought about it in light of that article on social media Mm -hmm. about disabled people using social media. Mm -hmm. I've got um, a a family member and he uh, had tremendous learning difficulty growing Mm -hmm. up and he still does actually Mm -hmm. and it's not visible. It's just one of those things that, you know, he just can't read and write properly Mm -hmm. and he was growing up during the reading and writing time Mm -hmm. but when the mobile phone came in and texting came in, Mm -hmm. it was life-changing. It changed his life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the writing was the the bit he couldn't get right. And so all that time he had it in his head. Mm. I think he just needed a vehicle. To yeah, do it, you know, um, I met a man as well, and it's not my story to tell, so I don't feel like I should go into it too much. But yeah. he was blind, and he didn't really uh, uh, like accept it. And then um, he started taking digital photos with digital camera, and he'd put the memory card into his TV, and he could finally see more of the world than he was yeah. seeing because he could see it on a big screen rather yeah. than, than through his eye. Isn't it that incredible? Yeah. Technology is incredible. It's it's changing. It's changing It is lives. changing. Okay, yeah. now I know you've referred a couple of times to becoming the person who you are. Tell me how you got there. How did that yeah. ha- happen? Um, I think through writing. Like writing, writing you get yeah. to know yourself and you get yeah. to know other people and you get to know issues and like the confident. Um, I, I just had... Um, for my Melbourne book launch, I had Kevin Mitchell um, do launch the book. And Kevin is a singer. He, he plays in Jebediah and he plays as Bob Evans as well. And I've been a fan of him for 13 years now. Right. And um, and so it was amazing. It was a real honour to have him launch my book. And I found after that, I was, I was on such a high afterwards because it was just such a lovely experience. And um, afterwards I was scrolling through and I went to the first photo that I had with him at this concert in 2006. And I saw myself and I was really quite small and quite um, a lot thinner than I am today actually but my posture was very different Mm -hmm. I was very nervous but then I put that photo next to him on when I was with him on stage and the whole demeanor had changed like I could see how much I'd grown you know that now you know I guess he was a colleague you know I was was paying him to do this and yeah um, it was amazing um yeah I think I think through writing it's given me my confidence through you know working for the government was great it gave me real good ethics and values but it was very restrictive in how much I could say and how valued I felt um there we you know I could Do you think be, everyone suffers that at the public service? I think so. <laughs> uh, there were times when I was um when my story was the top story on the age and I wasn't able to talk in a meeting you know that there was oh, that wow. kind of level of hierarchy that I found really really difficult and I feel so free now that I can <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Speak about things. You know, I can speak about government things. I can swear on Twitter if I want to without worrying. Um, I think now, um, yeah, it's just taken writing. It's taken meeting people at meeting just amazing most of the time I think what even is life like you yeah. know just meeting people getting the opportunity to do things um working with people that I admire that that fandom has come full circle as I've written um becoming more confident more assertive in like medical treatment as well um you know because hasn't that come a million miles as well yeah it, I it mean ha- that patient doctor yes, relationship absolutely and you know for so long and I've always been outspoken you know I guess oh my, I'm surprised <laughs> I guess my mum my mum over there would be would be nodding to that but um but I'm very you know if, if I don't want to be a hospital a specimen, you know, like a like a, um, a a specimen for a student to learn from that day because my hospital is a teaching hospital and that often happens. If I'm there to actually get treatment, I can say, hey, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, be a poked and prodded today. today. Yeah, I just want to um, come here for my, you know, my script or yeah. get painful. And well. how do you think your fame came through social media? What was it? Was it mm. your writing style, well, your wit, your <laughs> criticism? <laughs> Come I on, think be a, bit of, a bit of a bit of everything. I think you know I'm very myself on social media. You, you know, are. I, there's there's things I, I keep off social media. Yeah, but the, I'm very I'm very much myself. Yeah, and um, but I think the the fame, if you call it, that's so weird. To um. There was one day in December 2013 when my photo was misused on Reddit. And um, so that was what I was talking about before. I was always really worried yeah, that my photo yeah. would be misused and ridiculed, and it was. And um, that made me an interna- international news item because I took on the trolls on Reddit. And so, um, good on that, you. No, you like, just I, went. Head I responded. To head. Yeah, responded, and it changed the whole conversation. So people were saying really awful things, and then um, I said, "Hey, you've." At- I'm actually reading this. This is yeah. me. This is this is what the condition is, and then that uh, I was at the public service at the time, and um, I, every time I was in the media, I would have to tell tell them the media unit when I would be in the media, even if I wasn't talking about even if it's stuff, personal, even if it's personal stuff. Yeah. So I'd let them know. And the next day, like they were ringing me, Cully, you're in the media. You're on the new, on news.com.au, and I was fielding all these questions, and then. Um, and then I had a tweet from CNN to say we want to interview you. But what um, the project was talking about me, it, it was it made it like quite viral. And I think um, maybe that that started it. Um, yeah. But also just saying yes to everything, saying well nearly everything, you know, like to opportunities. Like you can't ask that has been really big as well. Yeah, um, that's been an amazing. But it's also putting yourself putting out myself there, out there, being really outspoken about things. But and also being not not afraid to be angry and. I I know there's a lot of, um, I guess, so-called influencers who are, are scared not to rock the boat. You know, they don't want to be seen yeah. to be taking a stance on something. But I'm not. I'm. I'm very okay about saying this isn't okay or talking up about something. Um, yeah. yeah. About injustice and, you know. It, yeah, because you talk about everything, not just um, disabled people, mm, and mm, not mm. just um, your disability, but you got a voice on everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
I want everything I feel qualified to exactly. to have something you know yeah. to, to have a say about. But but also, I, and it's also I think it's about recognizing mistakes because you grow a lot. And what I've said on social mm. media, you know, nine ten years ago, might not reflect how I am now, or who I am now, yeah. or what I know now. So yeah, it's. it's I often it's, think about that, you know, when people pull up a tweet that was tweeted, you know, five years ago or even three years ago, and they're using it against that person. You think, oh, well, that God. woman that was from the Greens that got sacked for talking about having some joints in her bag. You know, is that it was right? Like four yeah. years ago. And yeah, terrible, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Okay, so then you're kind of social media famous. You've got fame. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> no, not really. And then you decide. I to do write get recognised in the street, but of course yeah. you do. <laughs> then you decide to write a book. Mm-hmm. And so tell me how that process came about, because that's not easy either. I've been writing for the media for quite some time. Yeah, um, and for my blog, and um, I was doing a job um, that I wasn't really loving. And that was outside the public service. I just quit. I just yeah. quit to um, to do my own thing. So I got this part-time job yeah. and I made a whole list of things that I could do to make money to supplement my income. Yeah. So And writing a book was one of them. Yes. Not that I knew how little writing a book would pay. But oh, anyway, no. yeah. um, you know, it's and, great. And hard work. It's hard work, you know. And, and I'm very grateful for writing a book. But, but averaging the income out is certainly not what people think. You know, yeah. and um, I so always say that to we people. We really have to supplement our income, and even people have asked me if I can give them free books. I said no, I have no. to pay for them. No. Yes, um, I'm. Yeah. Um, anyway, you have to so, live. Yeah, I have to live. Um, so yeah, I was doing the, doing this job, and and writing a book was on my list of things in to supplement money. And yeah. um, I was reading a whole heap of memoir: Roxane Gay, Clem Ford, um, uh, Lindy West as well great um, maybe, company yeah, yeah. Some, some other books and I was making all these notes in in the Christmas holidays and I thought right I'm gonna write a, you know I'm, I'm gonna start making notes and I did this on my iPad and then a few um days into the new year just hated this job hated it I yeah. got this um I got this tweet from a uh, publisher to say it wasn't HarperCollins but it was a publisher like a small publisher to say um hi we're really interested in publishing your book uh, that was a dm and then she took it to email and then um, I had previously met Jacinta Damaze, who's an agent and that was just before I went overseas on my honeymoon and I said to her, um, well, I was live tweeting so we never really met, we only met right. on Twitter yeah. and then I rang Jacinta to say, do you remember in September we met and I was tweeting and, and she says yes and then I said there's been interest from a publisher, what do I do? And she said I'll sign you up which was great. Yes. Um, and then um, and then the next week I had an interview for the 200 women book, you know the one where there's all yes. those women photo? Yes. So I'm in that book and she, um, they said, oh, um, that the publisher is coming because they're interested in publishing your book. I thought, are they, how do they even know I'm writing a book? Like I haven't told anyone. But, all, yeah. you know, it's funny when you write something down and then yep. it just happens. So I said to Jacinta, oh, this other lady from another publisher's coming. So these two <laughs> publishers interested. So I said, right, we have to get your proposal done and did that, sent it off. Um, and then I had five publishers interested. Whoa. Um, I had, we sent it off to nine and I had five interested. Wow, And then I chose HarperCollins, which is really great. Yeah, um, and they're great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're really, really great too. They're awesome. I've loved, I've loved every minute yeah. of it. No, Who's I haven't loved publisher? every minute. Uh, Catherine Mill. Oh. She's amazing. I haven't loved every minute of the writing process. We love her. That was awful, but the, the working with them has been yeah. great. But it's been, yeah, it's been a real great thing. And I think having written for the media for a while, um, the editing is really fast for the media. They don't have time with the media cycle, but the editing here, it's so different. It's that real attention to detail, real a long 
Like and some people can't with cope you. with that. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm glad that the blogging and write, like building an audience, writing for the media has prepared me for that because, yeah. um, you know, I'm used to working with an editor. I'm used to having this audience feedback and building a community. So that's been good. Um, yeah, so I just decided and... Okay, and so there's happened. the technical side of writing mm. a book mm. and I think that that is gigantic. Um, mm-hmm. It's a gigantic project and I can't imagine doing it. But <laughs> then there's the personal side of writing yeah. a memoir mm-hmm. um, for anyone. It's mm. just giving away a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I think too sometimes when I read this memoir, you know, read people's memoirs, what does their mother think? What does their sister <laughs> think? What does their brother think? Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And were you thinking that when you were mm. writing? A little bit. I mean, there were things that I that I took out that I thought might be harmful to people. Um, not, it wasn't particularly malicious, but it just I don't know, and maybe maybe didn't. But I also, it, it's really hard to write about discrimination without being seen as the victim. Yeah. And I really was mindful about that. So there was a lot of back and forth thing with my editor. Like, does yeah. this sound? Does this make me sound too much of a victim? Or yeah. you know, am I? And I, I wanted to look at the things I could have done better or how I could have improved on things before. Um, like I, I didn't want to paint me as the saint all the time, if that no. makes sense. So no, that, that's, that's really right. hard. Um, there were certain things that, yeah, I, I was worried about what people think. And the thing, I've, I wasn't worried about what mum and dad thought. That's fine. No, yeah. they know me. Um, you know, I, I probably, I, as always, I ask my husband what I could write about him. Um, if... I quoted a lot of people, so obviously I had to get permissions to quote them. Um, and then I, I sought, I think, maybe some some of them three times, you know, is this all right? I've made a change here. Are you sure you really want to say this sort of thing? Um, the thing I was really worried about was letting down the disability community because for so long we're represented so badly. Um, I'm, I'm really passionate about better media representation and I didn't want to be that person to let that down. Yeah. Um, but also in publishing the book, there was a lot of tall poppy syndrome. So, you know, the idea that don't get too successful. Um, yeah. There's That's a very Australian us, thing. Very, very Australian thing. But very much, I think, present in marginalised communities as well where people are jealous, people don't want you to mm. take all the space. They, they see you as taking all the space. Um, that was that was probably the biggest, like the hardest personal thing for me. Yeah. Mm. What about in terms of giving away and assessing yourself? Because... You know, you talked about not recognising what you had before you were 20. I often think about that just even in terms of identity. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, I'm a Lebanese Australian and I think I didn't speak about that until I got older, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. There's been things I haven't thought about either, you know. Is, yeah. It is that, isn't it? But it's a really finding yourself thing and, isn't you it? know, learning about yourself. And, yeah, it's, it's quite nice. It's yeah. very self-indulgent, I guess. And I, I often look back at growing up and looking at some of the racist things that happened to me and I couldn't talk about those for a very long time. Mm. But you do get to a certain age where you do. I mean, yeah. did you find yeah. that difficult? No, because I've been writing You're a lot ready. about discrimination for, my, for you know, a good five or six years. But um, there were things that I saved for the book because the reaction on social media is so fast that, uh, and so brutal sometimes. Um, like I wrote about the difficulty travelling when, when I've got a lot of creams and the cultural barriers of having ichthyosis um, and I knew if I put those things on social media, the devil's advocates will come out and blame me. But if I put them in the book, I've got more space to explore it. I don't have to respond to people. Right, um, yeah. So, yeah, there was yeah, that. Yeah. And tell me about the community um, that you're in mm. and and 
you know, I mean, you're saying there's a tall poppy syndrome there as well. There is everywhere. Mm. But did you find that through social media you've you've felt well supported? Yes. Um, yes and no. Or yes just... and no. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I love the disability community. It's great. But but I but I have found that members of of this um, certainly when I've been writing my book, there's people that are no longer in my life. But the writing community widely has been amazing. Um, so I do think they're amazing. amazing. Writers are know? great yeah. with, with other writers. Yeah. And I think the more you read, the more you sort of post about what you're reading. Um, yeah. You know, I get invited to events. Um, also, the pe- just, just in general, like there are so many people just cheering me on. And I think the one thing is people really want to see, see you succeed, obviously, yes. the, the publisher because they've got that financial investment. But, but genuine, like there's this yeah, genuine um, absolutely. from the heart. You know, and also um, now I don't work at the government. I don't have to have leave these separate lives. And um, I work for Melbourne Fringe. Uh, I work for the Arts Festival, oh, well, and which is an amazing place to work. And the the support personally has just been amazing. That like I, uh, you know, my my days switch depending on when I'm needed there and when I'm needed out. You know, doing yeah. this sort of stuff. The other day I got to work and. Um, and I was asked to sign a whole bunch of books for our funders. Yeah. And that was really nice because I was like, wow, this is my separate lives colliding. Yeah, know? it's fantastic. Um, so that's been really nice. Yeah, well, the book is called Say Hello. Um, it's a gorgeous photo, I think, on the front. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Carly's wearing a Gorman top. I think that's a Gorman skirt as well, isn't no, it? I no, I bought that in the London market for ah. £10. Pound. Do you know, they've got a similar, an orange pleat out at the yep. moment, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they copied you. We should go shopping together one We day. should go shopping together. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carly Finlay. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you. Thanks. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBook Store. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.